Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, Sports Talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on into Sports Talk with Broads. Another great victory for this team. Seriously, and I wanted a significant amount of time so I can make an assessment on this team and so I can gather some information. We're about 16 games in, and here's one takeaway that I don't need four more games or so to really come up with a conclusion. This is a different version of Joel Embiid. This is the type of star that we were hoping he would grow into. Every time we threw around the word superstar in the year past, it was because we were anticipating him to grow into one. We expected him to eventually get to a consistent basis every night where he would take it to an extreme. And that's what it is at this point, all right? You can tell by his demeanor and by his personality out there and by his execution This is a different version of Joel Embiid. And if you have this type of talent and this type of lethal weapon, that's the style of player you need to take that significant jump as a franchise. You need an elite playmaker, an elite scorer, a willing guy to take over moments. You had a guy who was taking growing pains over the last couple of years in Embiid, but now it's actually played out and it's a reality. You have it. It's no more, oh, well, when Joel Embiid gets to this level or, oh, when Joel Embiid adds this to his game and, oh, when Joel Embiid matures or, oh, when Joel Embiid does blank. It's no longer that. It's he has it. He is that man. The way that he's talking to himself after big plays, the three-point shot at the end was just an added bonus. That was just a cherry on top. But the way that his his energy and his passion is displayed out there on the court and he backs it up too with his play, that's what the team is looking for. That's the motivation the squad needs. That's the leader. We've been asking the question over four or five years, who is the leader? That's not a question anymore, even though Ben Simmons had great play down the stretch, and I'll get to that. I will. This is Joel Embiid's team. 38 points, constantly doing this. Unreal. 
He did land on his tailbone, though, during one stretch of this game, and you could see that he was constantly feeling it and constantly playing around with the back of his tailbone. That got me a little nervous. I hope we don't see anything pop up over the next couple of days. I mean, you do have a game tomorrow. I wonder if they take some sort of precautionary measures. I wouldn't be surprised. It was something that caused him a little bit of discomfort, at least, you know, at the at the minimum. Because he was feeling around there for a decent amount of time after it happened. Even though when they showed the replay of it happening, as soon as they realized, or Joel Embiid realized, I should say, that the Sixers had the ball, he got right back to where he wanted to establish himself in the paint. It's similar to when guys go down and they nurse something and then they realize, oh, damn, they get a chance to score. They hop right up. Oh, oh give me the ball. Give me the ball. Right? You saw Joel Embiid do that pretty quickly afterwards. But there's no doubt that there's some sort of discomfort involved. So we'll see how that all plays out. I, I love this this new swag, though, where he's swatting a water bottle out of someone's hands when he goes to the bench, not really the bench, behind the backboard, I should say, where he sits alone and he swats it. Or he gets a big end one and he's screaming and he's fist pumping and he's looking at the Boston Celtics bench. Not that he never did this before, but based off of his dominant level, it has intensified. And realistically, this swag that he has intensified. He used to just go out there and play with this immature personality. Now it's more of a controlled personality. And there's a difference. You can play with a lot of emotion, but do it in an ineffective way. He's now doing it in a very effective way, and he's talking to himself, and he's getting himself all hyped up inside. You now have a special, special player. The type of players, that's the difference in winning and losing playoff series. So I asked the question early in the season, what is this team? What is their identity? Now we're starting to get a lot of data, a lot of information. And I now know that Joel Embiid is a different style of Joel Embiid, one that you need in an NBA championship caliber squad. Am I saying this team has all the other pieces? No, I am not. But you got the most important piece right now, and that, that makes me happy. You did see, just to nitpick a little bit, right? You did see moments where the Celtics were picking and choosing when they wanted to double team. And there were times when Joel Embiid did turn the ball over, specifically in the fourth quarter. Now, we know that Brad Stevens didn't like what he saw in the first game when it came to his defense saying, hey, Joel Embiid beat us. But you also know that he's not going to tell you what he wants to do when things matter, right? I'm sure he's aware of something he could try that he's not willing to try in a regular season game to somewhat tip his hand to Doc Rivers. If you have something in the back of your mind that you think could shut down and be, not shut down, that's a strong word, but slow him down a bit more, confuse him, throw different looks at him, you're not going to waste that surprise in a, in a regular season game. You're going to wait for the playoffs, so I wonder what's going on in Brad Stevens' head right now as he plays this out. But realistically, it's not as if they have anyone that can stop him. They always have trouble with the big man, for sure. I mentioned Embiid, 
down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Well, there was a moment in the third quarter where he had to go to the bench. He got into some foul trouble. And you know Marcus Smart bitching and complaining after yesterday's performance where the Sixers had about 45 free throws to the Celtics 20. And Bede had 21 free throws himself to the Celtics 20. So he was complaining. He wasn't happy. And that played a role in how the game was officiated tonight, sadly. It shouldn't have, but it did. Since Joel Embiid got into some foul trouble, though, what ended up happening? But the bench unit ended the third quarter, really helping out the spark. And this isn't the first time that I'm mentioning this. There's been moments throughout this season where at that back end of the third quarter, you have to go to that bench, right? And that bench bleeds into the fourth quarter a little bit. But realistically... They're helping you out big time, whether it's Tobias, whether it's some other stepping up. That's really what what got this thing going. All right, so let's get to Ben Simmons. First, we are broadcasting live from the Manscaped Man Cave. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BROD at manscaped.com. And before we push forward with Ben, let's recognize Joel Embiid's free throws again. Why don't we? 14 of 15. (laughs) Engaged. It's sickening, sickening in a good way to see him go out there and control the game the way that he does. It's so damn fun. Joel Embiid has never been this fun to watch. He's been really fun to watch. And for me to say he's never been this fun is just telling you exactly how I feel enjoying this ride and enjoying him demanding the basketball and making all kinds of shots. Whether it's the footwork down low in the paint or it's the mid-range jumper in rhythm. The in-rhythm part of his mid-range J off the bounce is so smooth. He's seven foot! Here he is, dribbling the ball up the floor in rhythm, just smooth, cash, constantly. And then at the end, I alluded to the three-pointer, but damn. Damn! You saw the zoom up on his face as well. Oh, this is so fun. All right, Ben Simmons. I've been brutal on Ben Simmons. And here's why. This outing is exactly why I've been brutal. Now, I'm not one of those guys that say, even though I've been pissed off with Ben, get rid of him for anybody at this point. No, I said, you wait. I mean, if if you're talking about James Harden for Ben Simmons, I'm not giving this guy up for nonsense. So just because I can't stand him and he's a hate the face for me at the moment, it doesn't mean that I give up on him for a bag of basketballs. So with that being said, let's get into Ben Simmons. That fourth quarter was special. That fourth quarter is why I have defended that man for years before I have snapped. The defense was elite, game-changing plays, and aggressiveness when needed. Scoring points when needed. He had what? What? Two field goals throughout this game? Two field goal attempts. I don't care about, oh yeah, but he hit Seth Curry for three. Okay, I know that. You can score and also hit Seth Curry for three. You can do both. It's not illegal. It's allowed. So why can you do that and attack anyone? Go to the basket at will. Go to the rim. Not be afraid. Finish with contact. Why can you do that now? And you can't do that all game. 
And you can't do that to this point, 16 games in. You can't do that. Why can you do it then? What it shows me is it's in there, Ben. You're just not willing to do it. You don't have the mentality to do it for the first three and a half quarters. Why? Why don't you? Because you can do it. You can do it. It's not about the three-point shooting for me. It's really not. I always bring up Giannis as the example. What the damn do Giannis takes threes? Guess what? Teams still dare him, and it's one of the reasons why the Bucks lose is because he's doing what other teams want him to do. Shoot the three because you're not good at it. Teams would do the same damn thing against Ben Simmons. It's not about the three. It's about being willing to lower your shoulder in the right way, not in your offensive foul way, but in the right way and attack and be aggressive. It's always been in there. Why do you never feel the need to do it? 17 minutes in for Ben Simmons, he had one field goal. That cannot happen. Like That is literally unacceptable. Why? Because you have the ability to do what you did in the fourth quarter. It's really not that hard to understand. So for all the Ben Simmons extreme supporters to this point, please recognize where I'm coming from. I used to be one of you. But it's, it's, it's too much for me. He has this. Do it. Do it, Ben. Because that's lethal stuff. You can't stop it. And it's also important to notice that during that fourth quarter run, like the Celtics were making a serious push. I brought up Embiid's turnovers. That was happening. You know, Tobias had a little turnover as well while he was on the perimeter on the right side of the court trying to do like a spinorama type move. And by the way, Tobias Harris was extremely efficient from the field for his 23 points or so. I mean, he was something awesome from an efficient standpoint. Same with Joel. He had like 15 field goals for his 38 points. Of course, he lived at the charity stripe too, but think about that, 38 points on 15 field goals. And for Tobias, for him to now have that special player in Joel, the intensity surrounding what he is, it's no longer there. Like he doesn't, the best way to describe it is, we put so much stock and so much pressure on him last year, he doesn't need to be that anymore. It's a different role, it's a different style of play. It's a different version of Tobias Harris based off of the growth and the spacing around him as well. Having a Seth Curry who, coming back from COVID, had a really strong performance. Early on, knocking down threes at will. You know, you don't know what to expect when a guy comes back from that type of situation. Can't really perform, can't really play, can't really do much. I asked the question why he didn't play last game. They said he needed to get his conditioning up. What happened in the last two days? That his conditioning is now fine to play, but two days ago it wasn't. Nothing. <laughs> That's why I was a little disappointed he didn't play in the first game against Boston. But I, saw, I thought Seth Curry was strong. 
I thought Matisse Thibel was very strong. How about Kemba Walker thinking he's going to cross up Matisse Thibel and have all the time and space in the world to jack up a three-pointer? Oh, here's Matisse with a swat and a fast-break slam on the other side. That was a very impressive play, Adam Matisse, and he brought it a bit offensively as well. Tyrese Maxey, very limited minutes in this game. He didn't have the strongest performance in game one against the Celtics. And it looks like Doc wanted to kind of go in another direction here. But yeah, looking at some other players, I mentioned Toby, Seth, Matisse, uh, Corky Doodles with a little two of nine. And even Allah after the game said this, which uh, made me laugh. I really liked what Furkan did tonight. Allah. He was jacking up air balls and miserable shots. You like that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Great. Yeah, I really want that on my team. <laughs> Stop it. He made two shots out of nine. That wasn't a good performance out of Furcon Korkmaz. Please. Third quarter was really important. The Sixers outscored the Celtics 42-28. to And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, the Celtics struggled to score in the second quarter as well. So that was like that spurt of the game that I really thought the Sixers kind of elevated themselves more the third quarter for sure. But look, the Sixers are constantly doing it now. The Celtics are without Jason Tatum and that plays a role. But I don't think Jason Tatum was the difference in this game. I know Jalen Brown rocked 42 points, and look, I, I enjoy watching Jalen Brown play. I think he's really added to his game, and he's exceeding my expectations for whatever that's worth. He's really, really becoming something that can create from all different areas. He's got a lot of versatility. He's very athletic. He could play. I mean, he really has improved big time, and they saw that. Clearly, the Celtics did, or else they wouldn't have drafted him so damn high in the draft, so they clearly had a vision that he would be able to perform and grow, but at least from my personal expectations, and I've seen a lot of guys who cover the NBA say the same thing, as if they're a little shocked, in a good way, though, like stunned that he has taken the leap that he has to this degree at this point in his career. But yeah, 42 points wasn't enough to finish the job for the Celtics. And, and Tatum would have made this a closer game, but I, I still thought that the Sixers in this one, like I'm impressed with their play and the supporting cast and how it all went down. I thought late when they turned the dial defensively and it started with Ben Simmons, that was exactly what you need. That was the tone setter. I'm not really a big ESPN guy when it comes on these ESPN feeds. I stick to Allah and I stick to Mark Zumoff. But for some odd reason, there was maybe a four-minute stretch that I elected to go to ESPN just to see what the hell was going on and just to see what it was like. I heard the broadcast say this when Ben Simmons got a big and one and take to the basket in the fourth quarter. Look at the way he's attacking here. Such a difficult shot. The feet's not right, very unbalanced, but it still went in. And I was just laughing to myself because he's very uncomfortable at times going to the rim. 
It's not like he does this smoothly. He throws up the baby hook. He throws it off the backboard. He's he throwing it with his left hand. He's shot putting it with his right hand. It, it's very unorthodox for sure. But I think it's so funny. The moment I switch it to another broadcast, that's what they're saying. At the end of the day, though, it went in, right? It went in. But it's somewhat of a microcosm of what we deal with when it comes to Ben taking it to the basket and, and having some ugly, aggressive moments, too. Because it's not all pretty. There are moments when he does feel the need to be aggressive, which is what we all want, but it's a disaster and it's a mess. But when it's controlled, it's game-changing. It really, really is. All right, let's hear a word from my friends over at DraftKings. The return we've all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. While we're all excited for this weekend's premier UFC fight, let's not forget football is in the midst of their playoffs. So head to the app now and check out all of the great playoff promotions. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BROGE when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code BROGE for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania-only restrictions apply in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Before we get to the Anytime Hotline, how about Marcus Smart flopping all over the place after he elected to say certain things last night? What a joke. Now, I love his his style of play, and, and I really do love the way that his passion is displayed on the court throughout his hustle and throughout his effort. But at times, it's like, yo, dude, who are you to start calling out others? And you saw him and Joel Embiid have a moment, and I'm sure they were laughing about it as if, oh, yeah, really? You said that? Think about what you're saying. But he's out there throwing his body around like a goofball. Nonsense. Dwight Howard had 12 boards in 18 minutes. Now, throughout the beginning of the game, talk about some ugly moments for Dwight Howard. He turned the ball over a lot, and he was a problem, yet... He was grabbing one board for every minute of play, too. So it's like, what? But yeah, I mean, you saw some possible dribble handoffs that seemed to get picked off or realized and noticed, and the Celtics would go the other way up the floor. So that had to be cleaned up. Dwight Howard had some ugly moments, specifically early, as I mentioned. But look, he's a rebounding machine, and there he is on the the glass grabbing them and helping the Sixers out in any possible way that uh, that he can. And he brings that edge. He really does. He brings that that toughness. We always looked at Mike Scott as that guy. Well, he hasn't really been the same player in a couple of years, and he's battling injury, and he hasn't been available. When he has been available, it wasn't like he was really being the productive version of himself. Well, Dwight Howard brings that level of, uh, of intensity as well, which is uh, super beneficial to this team and someone you know who, who can kind of give that attitude. You need that. You need those role players to to give you something different, something unique that others can't. Dwight Howard can definitely do that, but he can't be turning the ball over a lot like he did. All right, here we go. I'm excited to hear from the people. You know me. The people are important. 
Alright, let's see here. Let me move this over a little bit. I don't like the way it's too far over to my left. Now I can see my monitor. All right, Anytime Hotline. If you're ever wondering how to call in, the phone number is 856-442-9805. It's a 24-7 hotline, so don't be afraid. Call in. Your voice will be heard. Hey, Broach. Another great win by the Sixers tonight. And Bede, once again, phenomenal as always. What I noticed during the game was Simmons had a nice run, the four-minute stretch, I think it was, in the fourth quarter. Really nice run, scoring 11 points, great steals, great defense. I think our team overall was pretty good tonight, especially with defense. And I think we really recovered from our mistakes from the last game we played against the Celtics when leaving them wide open. Thank you, bro. Absolutely. Thank you for making the phone call. Ben Simmons late was awesome. There's no denying that. Ben Simmons was phenomenal when needed. And that is why I have loved him. To my cracking point. Yes, to my cracking point. I am still cracked and emotionally disgusted with a majority of the things I see out of Ben. But, like, that's what blows my mind. And that's what makes me feel the way that I do. You have two field goals throughout this entire game. You haven't looked at the rim once. You never thought about going downhill. You never thought about scoring. You just, you never had that mentality. But when you wanted to have that mentality, it was effective, it was efficient, and you were able to get it done, and and you came up scoring big points. So why? Why 98% of the time you don't feel like it when it's in you. You have the ability to be more than a 16-point-per-game scorer, and that's not what he's doing now. I'm basing this off of previous stats. His scoring is down significantly. You can be that guy! So feeling the way that I do, it's, it's totally reasonable. It's not irrational. It's not out there. Uh, I'm not being someone who's unappreciative. No, I'm very appreciative. I am. Shame on him for waiting this damn long to even do this. He doesn't try to do it. Seriously, when's the last time you've really seen Ben Simmons target the rim the way that he did in those last moments? I was stunned in disbelief. I loved it, but in disbelief. Will we see more of this? Is this the beginning of him realizing that, hey, hold on a second, maybe there's something in there. Now, I don't know why it would take him this long to figure it out, but hell, everybody's different. So is this something we can maybe rely on? I'm going to say no, based off of his track record. But Joel Embiid went from someone growing to someone legit from a mentality switch. Like this offseason, he really went to work. Joel Embiid's skill set really improved. It's funny, I was going back and forth with one of my buddies about this. Uh, He thinks Joel Embiid is where he is right now because of Doc Rivers. No. No, Joel Embiid's here because of Joel Embiid. Is Doc Rivers helping Joel Embiid? Sure. Joel Embiid improving in the offseason and improving over the last handful of offseasons. This isn't just a one... Like, think about this. If you think a head coach has the power to change Joel Embiid in the very limited COVID-19 training camp that he had to what he was last year to this, then, man, you know nothing about sports. This was year after year after year after year 
growing period. I mean, this did not just happen overnight. This did not just happen in one offseason. This did not happen in one training camp. This is a big, big, big period, big window of Joel Embiid working on the craft, and eventually it works with the growing pains of losing and emotionally going down and finding ways to adjust to what teams and how they play you and adjust to what the league is all about. And This is like a serious four-year stretch to get Joel Embiid to where he is now. And that's no knock on anyone involved here. But Joel Embiid's mental side of the game is the start of how we have shifted to this version of Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers doesn't have magic powers. Because if that's the case, hello, Doc, you going to use that magic power on Ben Simmons? Because I'm waiting for it. Really. Because your whole message now of, I don't know why people care about his offense. I don't know why people care about that. He does so much. Doc, because it's going to cost your ass. That's why. It's going to be a problem if that's not figured out. Fair? I think so. Well, I definitely think so. How many free throws does Joel Embiid shoot? I'll answer that for you. The answer is yes. Every time I blink, the man's on the free throw line. But hey, we get the job done. He drops the free throw, so put him on the line as much as you want. Man knows how to get the job done. Overall in the night, oh man, it was up and down. But hey, we got the dub. Move on to the next one. Play again tomorrow night. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully the boys can keep getting it done. But yeah, that's just my thoughts. Thanks for taking the call, Birds. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for making it. I thought it was uh, thought it was a great game. And in terms of Joel B living at the line, when you have Tice out there, when you have Tristan Thompson out there, they got no business. They have no answers. They have no options. They're very limited in that area. I think there's something to the timely double teams. I think you'll be seeing that more. So not so much where he's anticipating it. And another thing, you know, one of the strong parts of Joel Embiid passing out of the double team is having set spots on the floor, right? Doc Rivers have alluded to that since he's been here. Like, they have kind of sets. Okay, when Joel gets that double team coming, he's aware of where he needs to go. Well, if those players are in specific spots, I'm not saying it's easy to jump those routes, but if they're constantly going to be in similar areas on the floor, I think teams are going to recognize that. Now, you did see that where it was an easy jump of the route, it was an easy steal, and an easy two. Is that something that other teams are going to sniff out on tape? Is that going to be something that teams do to counter Joel Embiid, right? They're going to know, like, hey, he likes to go here when a double team comes from this area. He likes to pass out there when the double team comes from this side of the court. If there's a common theme to where Joel is, I just wonder if that's something that is eventually going to be figured out by the opponent, right? Because that's one of the reasons why it's been such a good focus point for him it's because he, he knows it's like it's predetermined almost well if it's predetermined for him there's some predetermination going on for the other team to, to kind of understand what's going to happen but yeah I mean in terms of getting to the free throw line when you have those guys on the other side and 99.9 percent of the league on the other side you're going to draw a lot of fouls and you're going to score a lot of points and his ability to actually do it that's even more impressive 
than just getting the calls because he can pull his head back and he can swing his arms and that matters. That's a craft, right? You need to learn that at the same time. You also got to be a professional and drill them, and he's drilling them. What's going on, bro? Joel Embiid's my MVP. Just another dominant performance. It's so good to watch. When he plays pissed off, he is the most dominant player in the NBA and the toughest player to guard. Also, Ben Simmons. Thank God. I mean, where has he been? He finally, finally showed up in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm not keep. I'm not going to have high expectations for him next game though. Like he hasn't shown that he's going to consistently be aggressive. He has to do it more consistently. And just my final note: Furkan Korkmaz sucks. Thank you, thank you so much for that. You know, I really needed that last part. I don't expect Ben Simmons to be aggressive either next game. Now, I mentioned, hey, maybe this is that light bulb moment where he now explodes. Yeah, maybe, but no, I don't think it will be. And I hope I'm wrong. I I need it to be different. I think that's the difference in taking another step with this team. If Ben wants to take another step, this entire team makes another step. Right now, you have Embiid being that changing, life-changing type of guy, franchise-changing type of player. If you got more from other pieces, well, is the sky the limit? It really comes down to Ben Simmons. Because if this is the Joel Embiid you have, oh yeah, oh yes. You watch guys around the league, Kevin Durant, and I'm not going to say like LeBron James, because as much as I love Joel Embiid, LeBron is in a whole nother category, a whole nother tier of Ew. And I say ew in a good way, like elite type of player. But when you look around the greatest in the game, guys who carry teams, Joel Embiid is playing at that level. And it would be nice if guys also do that. And players who have the ability to actually feel the need and want to take that step with him. But doesn't necessarily even need to be the step of Joel Embiid. Like, am I sitting here today demanding Ben Simmons to take as much of a leap as Joel Embiid did? No, that would be asinine because I don't think it's there yet. There's a reason why Embiid is taking that that insane level of a step, and it's because of his age. This is not new for me. It's Grow Man's League. 26. Starting to enter 27. 27 is when I say it starts. He's doing it at 26. Okay, Ben's not there. So I'm not making it seem like I need Ben to to, to make it to a Joel and B type of level. But more than what he has. That's not unfair. That's not unrealistic. That's not being too brutal. At some point, yes, I expect my players to do more. Sorry, I do. And that's okay. You're allowed to hold them accountable. You want all these guys to be held accountable, right? Well, God forbid I do it. Yeah. Yeah, God forbid I do it. Because it's time now. Damn it. It's time. It's also time to hear about my friends over at Orbit Energy and Power. With over 20 years of experience in the solar industry, they are home to your solar experts in residential and commercial projects. Their solar program eliminates your electric bill completely. They offer flexible financing solutions such as $0 down. In addition, they will make sure you receive all the state and federal incentives available for switching to solar. There's no risk and no need for investing. They also provide water purification systems, backup energy services, battery storage, and more. So check out their information. It is all down below in the description. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. We got another one, fellas. See you guys next time. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.